Hi everyone and welcome back to the Simple Down Podcast. Today's episode is like a real-time therapy session, I would say. It's kind of tough, but I believe that it can be really valuable for some people. So recently, I've been in this strange mental phase, let's say. It is strange not because it's unusual and never has happened to me before, but because I don't know what to do with it. I've been in this hyper-introverted space mentally for over a month and I know that I'm feeling kind of bored and kind of lonely but I also know that I definitely don't want to go out and see anyone. And you know, I would understand if these types of introverted states would come when I have something going on, like maybe I'm going through something difficult, maybe I have an idea or something that I really want to dive into these days. But no, it's blank. It's all blank. My head, my surroundings, everything. There's nothing going on that would rationalize this state I'm in in any way. So since I am bored beyond belief, I thought I would share something that I've been into recently, something that has been changing my outlook on my life and on my own impact on my life a lot. I've been listening to this audiobook called The Courage to be Disliked. And I think it's a great book that I would recommend for people with anxiety problems, with tendencies to people please, to compare themselves to others. But I don't know if it's a good book if you are just starting out on this journey because if we refer back to one of my older episodes where we talked about self-help content and rushing our awareness, I think it can be a very, very, very harsh rush for someone who's just starting out. If you're new to yourself, to how your mind works, to radical accountability, to radical self-acceptance, it might be too much for you. This is more for the people who are so deep into these things and so over their mind tricks that you would absolutely love challenging that annoying ego voice in your head, that inner judge, that obsession with comparisons and all that. For you guys, it might be a very pleasurable read. But just let me kind of warm you up a little bit for this, okay? Because the book is based on this Adlerian psychology or Adlerian theory or philosophy or also called individual psychology. And one of the trickiest parts of it, and it has a lot of tricky parts that I believe can trigger a lot of people, but Alfred Adler, the guy behind the psychology theory, whatever, he was a peer of Freud's, uh, but their paths separated pretty quickly, pretty early on, because Adler denies the existence of trauma. And now hear me out, this is an individual psychology, right? So I believe every individual has the freedom to decide whether they relate to this theory or they don't. I don't want to push this idea on anyone who doesn't feel comfortable with it and I will not do that. I think we can explore the psychology in general without focusing on that part too much. And also a core part of the Adlerian psychology is to know what tasks are yours and which are not so that you can separate them and let go of whatever is not yours. So your relationship with this statement is really not my task. I'm just here to share what I have. Okay, but today I don't feel like getting into the theoretics of it anyway, and I wanted to explore it more practically. 
Remember the situation I described at the beginning of the episode where I said I repeatedly end up in these isolated periods for no apparent reason? So let's try looking at this situation through the Adlerian lens, do some real-time therapy with me, kind of, because it's just something I feel like doing today, first of all, for myself, and second of all, I think that looking at these theories more practically can be useful in looking at other life situations as well, like whatever you have going on for yourself, for example, and yeah, stuff like that. So to start off, one big thing to mention is that Adler insists that all problems are interpersonal relationship problems. All problems in life come down to interpersonal relationships. So we need to keep that in mind while we're using this theory. In my case, on a very surface, superficial level, it can seem like, well, duh, I just don't want to see other people right now. Voila, interpersonal relationship problem. Or maybe I don't like people. Maybe people are toxic or difficult. Voila, problem found. But obviously that's just the result that I'm left with, not the problem. And trying to go deeper than the surface level, I think one good question to ask ourselves here is, what problems that I currently feel I have would be solved if I went out to see people? Even if I don't really feel like it, right? Uh, Because the fact that I'm thinking about it indicates that I feel uncomfortable in my current situation. So what would be solved if I went out? So let's say I'm answering this for myself. Um, For me, given that I recently had a very social month, so I can clearly see the bigger picture here because I have a good recollection of how it was then and how it is now, what problems for me would be solved are basically that one, I would feel better about myself because other people want to spend their time with me, which means that You know, I have some value apparently because I am wanted and I am invited. So I have this social proof that, you know, can make me feel less insecure about myself or because of that, I can feel less insecure about myself. And two is kind of the same thing, but from an outer perspective, I will not feel like a loser in society's eyes if I have friends. You know what I mean, right? You can see that both answers are very self-centered, aren't they? And it's still kind of surface level, I would say, but it's definitely an area that can already feel very uncomfortable for some people because you have to acknowledge how self-centered you are, for example. And I know that not everyone will be as self-centered as me, but that's another thing that I've been learning through the Alarian psychology that self-centeredness is not always just, you know, wanting to steal the show somehow, just making it all about me. Not on that superficial level, making it about me. It's basically wanting to be seen, to be recognized, to be valued, and acting accordingly to ensure that. So obviously wanting to be important to others and feel valued is a very human thing. Therefore, self-centeredness is also a very human thing, right? It's not a mentally healthy thing, but it is human. But when you are going out into the world with this kind of motivation, you are setting yourself up for torture because basically, in its core, your goal is to be liked, 
and accepted so that you don't feel insecure about yourself. That means that you have a giant filter on yourself that will limit your expression in many, many ways. Or the judge in your head will blow out your ears with endless criticism if you do express yourself in any unlikable way. It is definitely an unhealthy state of being. And I also feel like this must be a big part of our anxiety gang aesthetic, no? Especially our social anxiety gang. Um, but moving on, what we do with our prior answers here. We can draw some conclusions. For example, asking ourselves, do I feel a desire or a pressure to see people right now? Maybe not in general, but right now. Because if we base our answer here on the previous answers, it is definitely a pressure. My entire view in this situation is extremely self-centered. It's, it feels extremely unsafe even, and I am completely preoccupied with the stress of remaining a likable and important person in other people's lives. I didn't even mention anything about the other person or the people I would meet. It's all about me and my insecurities. Individual psychology, right? So here, based on my example, I can draw a mid-conclusion that I need to do so much work with and on myself before I go out to meet anyone really. Because at this point, I am not being genuine with the people I meet. And yes, I might lose the connections and friendships I have now if I withdraw like that. But I think it's a much lesser evil than using people for my ego and my insecurities for the rest of my life. And by the way, all of these realizations are happening real time, like in real time, because I am doing the digging here while preparing the podcast. So, you know, it's new to me as well. Um, it's a tough pill to swallow. But okay, so what can I do from this mid-conclusion? I think the next good step would be to take a good look at the insecurities in question. So in today's example, we have the insecurity of being seen as less than, as unimportant, as unlikable, uninteresting, unwanted. Same thing, different words, basically. Inferiority, feeling inferior. Adler had this great thought that people who feel inferior go about their days overcompensating through what he called striving for superiority. So when you have insecurities running your show, like in my case, you can definitely find yourself living your life for validation. And it is definitely not always possible to be conscious of the ways that comes up for you. You may think you have it all figured out, but I could bet you are missing some parts. For example, people can even be enforcing their superiority with their inferiority. For example, let's use me again, whatever. For example, um, I could be establishing my superiority by insisting that you would not even understand what it means to live a life like mine, okay? And I could use all of my problems and all of my trauma to establish myself as someone who deals with a lot, okay? You just wouldn't understand you know what I mean? This is one of the very, very hidden ways that striving for superiority can come up. There are many obvious ways, of course, like striving for control, attention, and greatness, and all that. But moving back to 
insecurities, okay, we're insecure. What do we do at this point? And I think this is an important point where usually we would look back to our past, to our traumas, how they have shaped us and what was missing that we could give our wounded inner child in order to soothe their pains and help them feel more secure. But since Adler denies trauma and does not want to spend time in the past, we can look at this from his view. He outlines three life tasks that everyone has and needs to take care of by themselves. One is task of work, second is task of friendship, and the third one is the task of love, splitting into romantic and family loves. Again, I will not go into the theoretics because it's boring and you can google all of it, but these life tasks intertwine with the core idea that all problems are interpersonal relationship problems. So what can help us with our insecurities is separating our tasks from the other people's tasks. Let's say I'm insecure and worried of not being liked. But the problem is that being liked is not my task because I cannot force others to like me. And if I try to force it like I've been doing my whole life, I am sentencing myself for a lifetime of worry, anxiety, and unfulfillment eventually. Liking me depends on other people. So that means I have no real power here. My contribution in this situation, my task here, is being secure in myself and liking others, if I do like them, you know? The point is in letting go of the fear of being disliked and of relationships ending. Adler goes into this big talk of having the whole universe as our community so we're never alone, but that might be too big of a side story for today. But the idea is that relationships ending is not a bad thing. Running away from difficult relationships and not solving the tasks and problems we're dealt with is a bad thing, though. That creates more problems and insecurities long term. So to sum up, given today's example that we've been exploring, what am I going to do with it? My ultimate conclusion for today is that I will not try to make myself an important part of other people's lives until I have no fear of disappointing them, not meeting their expectations, being judged and disliked by them. In other words, I will separate my tasks from other people's tasks and work on what I can do and change. Which can obviously take me a long time, but to me, it is better than jumping around like a headless clown just asking to be acknowledged and seen and liked, only to end up rotting on the inside eventually from all the stress I'm causing myself because I'm constantly trying to control and manipulate how people feel about me. Because I'm spending my time on things and people I don't even have an interest in, apparently. Just to be liked by someone and just to be a part of a society that doesn't even know the real me. The goal is to challenge my thinking every single day. To create new thought patterns. Because everyone is capable of change. As long as we have enough courage to face our problems and tasks. 
as long as we have the courage to create goals that actually benefit our lives. And I would love to get into goals because they are a big part of the Adlerian psychology as well and they are very much connected to everything we have been talking today as well. But maybe let's leave it for another time. For now, thank you all so much for listening and until next time.